I love the worship of this church. I was talking to Dan earlier. It's, it, seems, it seems to me that it's just taken another level. It's taken a new identity, if I could say that. I, I sense a unity. I was saying this to Dan. I sense a unity amongst the teams. And that unity, like, it's kind of like it's all focused. There's this triangle that I see. And as we get in union together, our focus kind of just goes up. And there's one person, and that is Jesus. He's just the center of it all. And I just feel power when they get up there. I honestly feel power. And I look around sometimes. Maybe that's wrong, I don't know. But in worship, I look around and I see tears. And I just see that God is just like, the Bible tells us that he inhabits the praises of his people. So in that time, he's just moving. Even before the preacher gets up, even before the altar call, God has already started to do something in our hearts. But I want to encourage you, keep an open mind and an open heart. Let's be sensitive to the Spirit and what he wants to do. Not what I'm going to say but what the Spirit of God wants to do and say. Let's be sensitive to that. Amen? We have some great, great, great pastors in our presence. I really want to honour them. Can I, can I just say, um, I'm 54. They're only 24. <laughs> but I, I am so, so, so proud of these guys. I just want to honour you guys for the step that you've taken, for the sacrifice that you've made, and just for the stance that you continue to make. I just pray blessings upon you and your family and every decision will be directed by the Spirit of God to further His kingdom in this city of Sydney. God bless you guys. Give them a hand, please. We have had such an amazing weekend. Started off with Pastor Nat on Friday, Good Friday. Awesome one-hour service. Spirit of God was just all over this place. Fantastic. A God that invites us to His table as we are, with all our faults, you know, the forgiveness. And that's what Easter is all about, what God did, (laughs) what Jesus did for you and me. And I love it. And, like, it's the last night of this uh, theme that we're doing dead for nothing with a question mark because I don't think he died for nothing. I actually know he died for nothing. I'm a witness of, of someone who knows he died for nothing. He died so that I can have life. He gave me life, a new life. But dead for nothing. And the theme is the great exchange, as you can see on your screen. The exchange that he made. We come to Christ and we come to church and we hear so many sermons. But I'm, I sometimes wonder, in my own world and in the people that I know, if the revelation, see, not just the knowledge, we can read and we can try to understand what he's been spoken about as we read but there's a revelation in the exchange that was made it is an amazing thing it was like he stripped something took something from me and gave me something in return but it was only when I allowed him to see at the end of this service I will make an invitation I will ask everyone here to bow their heads and while their heads are bowed I will ask you if you want to make that exchange. If you have never ever stood before Christ or stood before man and said, Lord Jesus, I want you to be the Lord and Saviour of my life. If you never prayed a prayer that invited him in, I want to give that opportunity at the end of this service because tonight is about the great exchange. Tonight is about what he did for you. And I'm just so excited 
about sharing news. The resurrection of Christ is one of the central points of Christianity. It is the center of everything that we actually do. Without the resurrection, I don't think we would have a church and we wouldn't be in church tonight. I don't know where we'd be. Lost, I would think. So it's all about that. It was a pivotal point and it was a history maker because it turned everything towards the cross. So everything we know about church, about Christ, about, about everything is pointed back to what Jesus did on the cross. Everything is about that. And we all agree that the resurrection was a powerful event. But tonight I want to bring it home. I want to try, Lord help me, I want to try to bring it home into our own lives today. I know it was historical, I know it was over 2,000 years ago. But today, what does it actually mean today? We had heaps of Easter eggs, we've had heaps of meals, we've had drinks, we've had chocolates, we've had everything, celebration. But what does the resurrection mean today, individually and corporately? Patrick, awesome offering message. But notice what it was all focused on. The work of the cross going out, the gospel being spread, and people hearing about who? Jesus. And that is what it's all pivots. It all pivots on that one thing, that cross. And you saw in that great video, amazing video, all my sins, I don't know about yours, but I saw all my sins nailed to that cross. Seriously, ask my wife, she'll tell you. I don't lie. Thanks, Malcolm. <laughs> i got someone who's standing with me. All my sins were nailed on that cross. Wrath, pride. And can I be honest? Is it okay to be honest? You won't judge me? Some things are still a work in progress. Some things are still a work in progress in my life. But I'll continue to come to the cross and just make myself, I suppose, teachable. That might hurt. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord. He is the, he's the one that has this constant power that he's invested in me. And he said that I, I am more than a conqueror. Excuse me. The Word of God serves several purposes. It reveals who God is. It reveals who man is. And it reveals what God wants to do through and in man. The Word of God is mighty. Paul says the Word of God is the power of God. It is the power of God. It is the wisdom of God, yes. It's good for teaching, it's good for rebuking, it's good for a lot of things. But it is the power of God. There's one scripture that says it's so powerful that it cuts deep through, even through the bone, and gets inside. That's how powerful the Word of God is. And unless we receive it as power, it's just Word. It's just Word. We receive it as power. We allow it to penetrate this heart. Come on. Rip it open, Lord. Deal with it and perfect me. Make me more like you. Make me more like you. The resurrection is not just an event. Resurrection is the power of God in our life even today. The resurrection, I'll repeat that, is the power of God today. You heard Chrissy. She said today is Easter. But let every day be Easter. Let every day have the same power and the same meaning that we celebrate today. Let's not just isolate it for one day a year. Let's do it every day of the year. 
Let's start strong with it and let's finish strong with it. Let that power just flow through our veins and just keep searching out what God wants for your life. I know, deep down inside, he has a purpose, he has a plan, or should I say plans, for each and every one of us. But unless we seek them, unless we actually open the plan of God up and say, okay, where do I fit here? We're not going to see it. We're going to stay in the background. We'll just sit in the back scene, just listen to what the preacher says and just say amen every now and then, and that'll do. I really believe we need to get a hold of the power of God that comes with Easter, the resurrection power of God himself. Paul says this, Philippians 3.10. I love Paul. I love the way he expresses it. And I can't probably read it the way he would have expressed it, but he goes, I'll try. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Can, can you say that? Can that be our prayer tonight? I want to know Christ and experience the power that raised him from the dead. Can we say that? Can we pray that? Can we genuinely believe that if I prayed that God would hear it and deliver it? That's, that's, I dare you. I'll stand here and I'll say, I dare you to get on your knees when you get home or even tonight here in this place and just say, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power that raised him from the dead because that's what I celebrate every day of my life. I had an awesome time at my um, mum's last night. We get together on Easter Saturday night, the whole family. And my niece, um, she's struggling a little bit right now, trying to have a baby, you know. And she's comforting herself in many ways. She's Catholic, so she believes in God. She knows Jesus. And she's heard us, I suppose, exchange comments, word of God, what the Bible says. And yesterday I had an opportunity just to briefly share, you know, doesn't matter how brief. Can I be honest with you guys? I carry the power of God wherever I go. So when I sat down with her and I shared what I was going to share tonight about the power of God, the resurrection power that is in us, I believe something broke in her. I shared that there's power in the tongue and as we speak words of life, and the words of life come from the good book, from the word of God, power is released. They were telling me about a picture they were taking and they saw in the picture after looking at it, little green images or lights or whatever they were. Can I be honest with you? I don't know. I was honest. I don't know what they are. She's saying, what do you think they are, uncle? I, don't, I honestly don't know. What could it be? He said he looked it up on, you, um, on Google and he said it was a healing orb. I'm not mocking them, but when people are in hopeless situations, they'll grab anything to hold on to hope. So it was an opportunity, a door opened for me to say, you know what, can I just tell you, anything that isn't in the Word of God is a total lie. Don't you dare believe it. I don't care what Wikipedia says. I don't care what Google's got to say about this. God is real and we can speak to God and we can sit down before God and say, Lord God, your power... Speak life. 
You've heard me say this over and over again. God has created you and me in his likeness. What does that simply mean? It means when he spoke things into being, you can speak things into being. Oh, you don't believe me, do you? Okay. Don't believe me. Believe him. Believe him. You are made in his image, in the likeness of God. Jesus said it himself. He said, I'm going to the Father now, but you know, can I tell you something? He's going to give you the advocate, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking, he's going to be my representative. That's what Jesus is saying. And he's saying, you know, when I go, you can do the things that I have done and what? Even greater things. Who said that? Jesus himself. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you know Christ? Do you know the power that raised him from the dead? He stood there and he said this to you and to me. To you and to me. You can do the things that I have done and even greater. Why? Because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he shall give you. Resurrection power. That's the power of God. He gave us a little taste of it. When he was on earth, he gave his disciples a little taste of it. And it's about seven verses in John 11. You know the story, Lazarus. You know the story. Starting from verse 20. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha says, yeah, I know. He'll rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. Even after dying, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this, church? Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. See, many of us still approach God in that manner. Lord, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. Or it could have turned out a little bit different. Many of us approach him the way Martha approached him. See, Martha thought that he was absent. He wasn't there. But you know the scripture, if you look back in verse, I think, 14... Jesus knew exactly where she was, exactly where Lazarus was, because he made a statement while he was still away. He said to his disciples, Lazarus has fallen asleep. Lazarus is dead. Let's go wake him. He knew. He knew. Even though you think he's not in your situation, even though you, you know that you can't see him or feel him, he is there and he knows exactly what you're going through. And he's here to say to you that no matter what has died, I'm coming back and I'm going to raise that thing. Lazarus, you are going to live. He showed up and he just simply spoke. Lazarus, stand up. Speak to your thing now. Tell your Lazarus to get up. Tell your Lazarus to get up. God is, God is in the miracle-making business resurrection power. That's a miracle, man. You know what was a miracle? It was a miracle in November 1995 when I walked out the front. Greatest miracle on earth. Drug addict, alcoholic, <laughs> abuser, selfish. All those things you saw on the cross, I'm not going to repeat them because some of them are foul. But yet that's who walked out the front. The greatest change took place. That was the greatest miracle that I have ever seen. He turned my life around completely, 360 degrees. 
That was the greatest miracle of my life. That was resurrection power. I was once dead, and then I became alive. There's something else, though. It wasn't just salvation, healing. They went together. God saved the Israelites, brought them out of Egypt. How many do you think was there? I don't know, a few million, you reckon? Yeah, okay, let's say a few million. How many of them were sick prior to the exodus? Prior to coming out? I'd say there would be a few, maybe five, maybe 10%. I don't know, the Bible doesn't record it. But can I tell you, when they walked out, they were all well. They were all, the Bible says that not one of them, not one of them was sick. So with salvation, freedom comes and healing comes. And they were all healed. They, they, walked, through, they walked through that open sea. And that's the open sea that each and every one of us can walk through as well. Because that's the same resurrection power that we're talking about today. Right. Same resurrection power that we're talking about today. You know, Martha didn't quite understand she was hopeful and I could honestly feel with her. She just lost her brother. So she's grieving a little bit. You know, and she's throwing these remarks towards Jesus. And each and every one of us have been in that position. Each and every one of us has been in a position where we're grieving and we've kind of said things without really knowing what we're saying. There was a time when my wife and I, young Christians, walking around with the Bible under our arms, thinking that we can change the world. We can change the world. Yet my cousin's daughter, probably, I don't know, about 10 days old, maybe a little bit older, was in hospital sick. And the doctors are saying, you know, she, she's going to die. And we said, you know what? <laughs> nah. We've got the Bible. We've got God on our side. We're going to walk in this hospital. We're going to pray. And she's going to be well. And we did all that. Seriously. I, I've gone in there and I'm thinking, she's going to be awesome. She's going to be great. This is going to be like glorifying God. Two days later, over the in-laws, we're having a dinner there. And I get a phone call. She passed away. I left the dinner table. I walked out in the park. <laughs> I said a few things maybe I shouldn't have said to God. But, you know, I, I held him to his word. I said, you said in your word that if I lay hands on someone, they would be well. That if I prayed to the Father in your name, they would be healed. But you know what? He didn't quite sit down with me and say, you know, this is how it works for me. There was a really quiet voice, a gentle voice that came and he said, you don't know the plan that I have. My son had to die for a purpose. This girl's death is also for a purpose. Don't worry about her. She's fine. Okay? But the purpose of that that we saw in the next 12 months, her mum and dad came to know Jesus. Her grandmother came to know Jesus. Her uncle came to know Jesus. Almost the whole family came to know Jesus. The plan was they, he, there was a door where God could actually work in that door and bring them all to that knowledge and to repentance. Power of God. But you know, when we're grieving, we say stuff. And Martha here is having a go. But she's in crisis. She's grieving. She's like, you know, if you only were here. If you only were here, Lord. And he's saying, you know what? I am the resurrection and the life. And Lazarus will live. And as we know, he did live. He... um. I look, I look at the disciples and I kind of feel with them a lot because leading up to, to the time where he gets arrested, he's trying to tell them, 
I won't be with you much longer. This and this is going to happen. And if, can you, if you can just put yourself in these guys' shoes, they've looked up to this man and known that he was a godly man, someone who was so, oh, man, just influential in their lives, giving them hope, giving them faith, giving them encouragement. And he's saying that I've got to leave. And they're struggling. They're struggling to hold on to this thought. And I'm sure Jesus knew that. And this is why in John 14, 26, he says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you, and he will remind you of everything I've told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. See, he was preparing them. Just like a, a teacher who's about to leave is introducing the replacement, he was preparing them and introducing them to the Holy Spirit. And when did the Holy Spirit come? We know that in the book of Acts, he came and he came with power. And Acts 1.8, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Church, let me repeat that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, you're not getting it. How about this side? Church, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Power to do what? Power to go out to, Ju- to Jerusalem, to Samaria, to Silverwater, to Auburn, to Bankstown, to Parramatta. So we'll do what? To be witnesses for him. To be witnesses for him. This has been his plan from day one, to give us power to be resurrectors like him, to bring that good news into this city, into our worlds, into our families, into this station. It's not just Sydney we're going to be after. We're going to be after Australia, Australia, a nation for Christ. Resurrection power. You will receive power. God is just so good, but he's only waiting for people to say, I want that. He's waiting for people to just put their hand up and say, I want that power. I want that power. You look at some of the greatest heroes in the Bible. Um, Who have we got? Gideon. He's a good one. What was he, a farmer? Threshing wheat in a wine press because he was so afraid that the Midianites are going to come and rob him. And God comes along and you know what he says to him? He says, you brave warrior. You're so, you can be brave. Do you know where I am? I'm hiding in a wine press, you know? Like, how do you call me? You know, brave. But God has a way of transforming lives. God has a way of introducing himself, but speaking that life and the potential that is in each and every one of you, young men and women here, that potential, you brave and courageous warrior. And can I say, it always comes with a price. It's never as easy as we read it. First thing he had to do was lay down his life, basically. Go cut down all your shearer poles, all your, all your altars, get rid of them. And you know, he did that with a, um, with a risk. He could have been killed, but he did it. So there's obedience that comes with it. And this is some of the price we have to pay to receive the power. But then you see what happened to him. He became the general of an army. First, it was about 30,000 Dropped down to about 10,000. Dropped down to about 300. That defeated what? 200,000 Midianites. Glory to God. You can't do that without the power of God on you. Amen? And this is what God is all about. The thing that you're looking at today may look so impossible. You look like you're outnumbered. But with the power of God with you, 
<laughs> you'll be like, man, this is going to be so easy. This is going to be so easy. Why? Because he will go ahead of you. He will go ahead of you. He will defeat the army before you. All you have to do is just show up. All, you have, all we have to do is just show up to Auburn. And God has them there. All you have to do is just show up to Parramatta. And God has gone before you and prepared you. Where's Dylan and Amanda? All they've got to do is show up at Bankstown. Because God has prepared them. Prepared the people. And the spiritual warfare that goes on. Colossians 2. It was read this morning. I just want to read it again. And I want to read uh, three verses. 13, 14 and 15. The great exchange. You were dead because of your sins. And because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. There's truth in that. There's truth in that. I was dead because my sinful nature has not yet been cut away. But Christ, I love it when it says, then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. Now sometimes our sin, our shame, our guilt will hold us back. Or should I say most of the time? Our sin, our shame, our guilt will hold us back. First thing that Adam and Eve did, what? They hid because of their sin, because of their shame, because of their guilt. And when you hide, you're not going to be out in the front line looking for something to do. But when you get the revelation that God made you alive in Christ because he forgave you of all your sins, not just some of them, all of them, then he cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it by nailing it to the cross got a couple of lawyers sitting in front of me here and I was thinking about records when there's an accusation I've seen records that pile up it's not just one piece of paper is the boys correct me if I'm wrong they pile up accusations and then there's interviews and there's interrogation and there's just records and records I was I got this picture in my mind that it's like well for me it was like like it was huge. But look what he said he did. He cancelled the record. Cancelled. Wiped out. Completely. Gone. Doesn't exist. It's like in the fire, burnt it all up. He cancelled the record. Great exchange. Great exchange. And then in this way, here's what I was talking about before, this spiritual warfare. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Who are they? Could be religious leaders. Could be legalistic people in your world that you'll never ever add up to their expectation. Could be the devil himself. Could be the demonic powers that stand against us. Could be doubt. Could be fear. They take hold. They become leaders already over us. But look what he did. He said he shamed them publicly. Disarmed them. You know what's the worst thing you can do in a, in a war? In a, in a fight? He stripped someone naked. He disarmed them, stripped them completely of all their authority and then publicly showed them. He beat death. We heard the song today and the earth shook and what happened? The graves were opened and everyone was freed. Publicly shamed them. What the devil wanted was to disarm him completely, put him away in a cave and put the rock over him. We'll never hear about Jesus again but he did not know that he was playing right into God's plan. God's plan for redemption. God's plan for our salvation. God's plan for resurrection power to rise within each and every one of us to empower us to do this life. 
That's what, his, that's what God's intention was. Devil wanted to cripple him and kill him and put him away, seal it up, never to be heard of again. But no, just like in the case of Lazarus, move that stone, bang, it just rolled away. How big do you think that stone was? I reckon it would have taken a few men to move it, a few big men. But yet, bang, it was rolled away. Tomb's empty. And Jesus is out. He's alive, church. He's alive. And today we celebrate. He's alive. He's alive. Sin need not have any power over any one of us here today. Here's where it gets tough because I have to get honest. When I've sinned, it holds me back from going forward. Because I don't feel worthy. I don't feel justified. I feel like I'm dirty. I feel like I have no authority or right to minister, to love on people, because it puts me in that dirty place. And it just brings shame upon me. Then guilt comes upon me. And then I get blinded and pushed back into a dark hole. But when I read the truth, that sin was totally annihilated. On the cross, all sin. All sin. Yesterday's, today's, and tomorrow's. Every time I come to him, I'm cleansed again. The Bible says that if I confess... He is faithful and just to forgive. And not only that, cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He continues on stripping unrighteousness from me, adding his righteousness. His righteousness. His righteousness in my life. And that's the reason why I can stand here today. Because I believe that the righteousness of Christ is on me because of a great exchange that took place on that cross. And you need to believe that too. Because there is power in that cross. A couple of scriptures. Here they are. The kingdom of God is all about power. 1 Corinthians 1, 17 and 18. For Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. The message of cross is foolish to those who are headed to destruction, but we, we, who are being saved, know that it is the very power of God. It is the very power of God. What comes with the power of God? You heard me quote the scripture Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be what? My witnesses. That's not all. Peter and Paul walked with the same power and their shadow over people were being healed. The handkerchief was touched and the power was passed on. The anointing of that power has, has so much life to give so much healing in it that every time I shake someone's hand, every time I shake someone's hand, I, I, I actually consciously 
ask for that power to be released. I had a friend, and this is a boasting God. I had a friend in his church. I'll leave my name because I didn't get permission to share this story. I walked up to him and I said, hey, how you doing? And I laid my hand on his back. A week later, he comes and he says, Mick, you touched my back and I had been in so much pain for so many weeks and it was healed. Why? Why? Because I want to acknowledge. See, I want to know Christ and the power that raised him from the dead. And if I can walk around with that power, shake people's hands, touch their backs and just release, say, Lord God, release your power, we will see healing. We will see salvations. We will see men and women's lives changed. Resurrection power. Power of the Holy Spirit. We need to be sensitive. Seriously, guys, we need to be sensitive to that voice. How do we do that? Consciously ask. See, it doesn't come with a wave of a wand. It doesn't come with a sprinkling of water. Consciously ask God. Let me hear your voice. I want to know you. I want to know Christ. I want to know the power that raised you from the dead. I want, I want to see this church rise up as it is rising today. I could see the impact that this church, C3 Silverwater, is having upon this community and this city. I want to see that doubled. I want to see the power of God leave these walls. And I want to hear testimonies of people that have shook hands with people and they've been healed. They'll come out the front and they'll share their testimony. Why? Because the resurrection of power of God that is upon you will go out of these doors and just impact people in your world. Can you imagine in your office, you walk up to someone and you say, hey, how you doing? And in your heart you're saying, Father, release your power to this guy's life. And the next time you ask him, would you like to come to church on Sunday? Believe he will say yes. Why? Because there is something on you that he doesn't understand, but he wants. The world is desiring and hungry for the power of God to enter their lives. And we have that power to give. We have the answer. I can't get rid of that message. She heard about Jesus. We can tell people, but also show people about Jesus. Show them the power of Jesus. What did you do on the weekend? Oh, I went to church, man. It was amazing. Resurrection power of God was there. You should have seen lives change, transform, people getting healed right there before my eyes. Get passionate, church. This is God, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's who we preach. We preach Christ. And that's who we're celebrating today. That's who I gathered with the family to celebrate. Celebrate Him and the resurrection power that he's given us. One more scripture. The weapons we fight with, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. The weapons we fight with, which are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Have you ever asked yourself when you read this scripture, what weapons are you talking about? Seriously. Is it a sword, a gun, a knife, a cricket bat? It says it's, they're not weapons of the world, but they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Our prayer, our prayers, combined and individual, are weapons that the darkness of this world cannot 
compete with, cannot compete with. When, when Rhonda and I would be visiting friends or family that are not saved, and maybe they believe in things that I don't believe in, we pray for protection over ourselves and our families as we enter. We pray that we take the Spirit of God that is in us with us. That's weapons. Because in the spirit realm, I don't want to freak you guys out, but there is a war that's going on in the spirit world. See, there is someone after your soul. There is someone after your health. There is someone after your job. There is someone after your success story. And that someone is not of this world. It's divine. But you know what? There's God that is saying there will be no weapon that is formed against you that can prosper. No weapon. Why? Because we walk with Christ. We walk with that resurrection power that we're talking about wherever we go. And that is the protection that we have. And the weapons that we have is faith, the Word of God, prayer, the Holy Spirit. See, can I just also add, the Holy Spirit is not an it. The Holy Spirit is not something that is like so far that I can't actually reach. The Holy Spirit is a person. Jesus calls him my representative. So he will come and he will represent Christ with you wherever you are. See, this is the revelation. I said before, knowledge is good. But revelation is power. Get that revelation. Father, I just pray your revelation right now, Lord God, of who you are. Holy Spirit would become real in our life. Real that I can walk down the road and say I'm holding his hand, that I can sit at the table in the restaurant and pull out a chair and say, Holy Spirit, sit next to me, please watch where you're sitting. I don't want to get freaky, but you know what I'm trying to say? He is a real person. Take him with you. Take him with you. He said, I mean, look, if we get into the Greek, para, alongside, that's what it means. And... I think it was Parakletos, yeah? In your favour, he will be alongside you and he's been assigned just for you. That's the Holy Spirit in Greek. I looked it up. I'm not Greek, I'm Lebanese. But I love Greeks. They have two Easter's. They have this one, they got next one next week. You know? I wish I was a Greek sometimes. Guys, on a real note, resurrection power. Can I have the band coming up? resurrection power it's a converting power it's a life changing power it's the healing power of God transforming power it's resurrecting brings life God wants each and every one of us to experience that power see he didn't just make it available He made it available so it can be used, so it can be imparted. He wants to have relationship. He wants to empower. Just like I want to empower my children. You know, I I taught them boxing when they were younger. I want to empower them to be able to stand up on their own two feet. Then I came to know Jesus and he says, no, there's a better way. So now I pray for them. I pray for forgiveness. But he wants to empower you as his children. He doesn't want you to walk softly in this world. You know, when Jesus spoke, 
I think, I think, see, I'd like to picture, when I read, I like to put a picture in my mind. And, and, and I think sometimes Jesus speaks gently, but man, with authority. It's kind of like, wow, how soft was that voice? But whoa, you better heed to that. You better take note of that. And, and we need to tell sickness. We need to tell fear. We need to tell confusion. We need to tell religion. We need to tell the strongholds that are over our lives that are stopping us from moving forward. You know what? Take a step back because I've got the power of God resurrected in me to give me, man, power over all things. When he said you can do all things in Christ, he wasn't saying that to make you feel good. I'm sorry. He was saying that because it was true. You can do all things. My kids will tell you, I told them that can't is not part of their vocabulary when they were growing up. Why? Because I believe that God says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right now, as I said earlier, I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads, close your eyes. Because I just want to make that invitation. If you don't know this God that I'm talking about, if you've never ever asked him or prayed a prayer that invited him in your life, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to pray with you. I want to meet you. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up in a minute. But you know, you might know Jesus. You might have been coming to church for a long, long time. But you know, lately, kind of, I don't know, it's getting, the relationship's getting a little bit stale. And you want to revive that. You want to, you want to, you know, you want to recommit. You want to receive what God has for you tonight. That'll be the second invitation. So right now, with everyone's heads bowed and eyes closed, if you've never asked Jesus into your, into your life, if you've never invited him and asked him to be a part of it, can I ask you to be as brave as, just raise your hand so I can see it? Because God just wants to give you a great start today. There's going to be a great exchange, just like I was telling you in November 1995 when I came out the front. God changed my world, man. Changed my world. Is there anyone here that would like to pray that prayer tonight? Is there anyone here that's been in church for a while and has prayed the prayer before but would like to recommit? Would like to just pray it again? To have that assurance of that life that God's promised us after this life. If you're here, you want to raise your hand. I'd be happy to pray with you as well. Thank you, Lord. Okay, everybody look up. We've got five minutes. I just want to thank you all for listening, but I want you to take something home with you tonight. I want you to take the revelation that Christ is showing us, that there is a power that we can take home. These are not just words. This is God's will for our lives, that we be empowered by His Spirit and we'll walk a blessed life. God bless your church. Wow. Let's thank Pastor Mick for that incredible word. How awesome was that? Hey church, why don't we stand and just worship a little bit longer? You know, I really believe that.